Welcome to the Somatic Gospel Podcast. In this show, we explore the powerful intersection of faith and personal growth. Our focus is on helping listeners achieve greater awareness, healing, and transformation through the blending of somatic experiencing, polyvagal theory, psychology, neurology, nervous system healing, and emotional intelligence. We believe that by bringing these diverse approaches together, we can offer a unique and powerful way to support the global body of Christ in its journey towards greater health and wholeness. Join us as we delve into the deepest questions of faith and explore the many ways in which we can all grow and evolve as individuals and as a community. So let's get started. So we're now recording. Um, last night's conversation was a great conversation. We, I wish we would have recorded that. I know. Um, I know. That was so juicy. <laughs> Bro, I, I remember walking away from it and feeling so empowered around my choice and even exercising that this morning to some extent in my own emotions. And, and really having the realization that I, I don't live in that power of decision as much as I desire, but that I am, yeah, I feel so much more empowered to choose, like lean into that choice. So that was a great conversation. Yeah. Um, we, we live, um, I really feel the necessity, the necessity for the languaging to be succinct and specific in that way because um we we live in a bubble and i speak more to our christian bubble where on the extreme side of the idea of sovereignty there is none for the human right it's just completely controlled by the creator and we're just fatalistic robots and yeah first that we have no influence upon really we're just we're basically the sims right um and then you have another side which says you do have choice but you know you always have to incessantly obsessively be trying to figure out the will of god and like it's some mystery right um and so If we're living righteously and we're living from union, not for union, but from union, whatever decision we make, we make those choices. And so but I think God in his wisdom has um, calculated our human error into all the choices ever made. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. There's such a powerful, like... Um, mystery of the sovereignty of god and the freedom of our choices and i don't fully understand it um but he somehow works everything out while we make those choices and because there isn't an empowered framework that i've heard of except for chris blackaby that's the only person that i've really heard talk about that within our family um i don't hear people talk about the power of choice and living from a space that I decide, I decide my whole life, everything, right? Um, when I was in certain communities, that was a very big mantra to use that word, 
I decide, I decide, I decide. There's a lot of power behind that. And I think when you think about like how many billions of decisions is God deciding in each second or nanosecond, I decide for the stars to keep turning or whatever, to keep shining. I decide for the oceans to come this far and then go back. Um, I decide for the sun to shine for this long and the moon to be like, he's right. Like I decide to have every heartbeat in my hand and keep it pumping. Like this is God, right? Speaking like I decide, I decide. God is like always in the, I decide. And if we're made in his image and likeness, then we get to also be in the, I decide as well within the limits that he set for us with, you know, like, yeah. Right. I decide, I decide, I decide, I decide. Like I choose whatever I want from my life. And because I have a new heart and because I'm in union, whatever I want is what he wants. There is no like, but what if I want something that he doesn't want? Whatever is good, whatever is beautiful, whatever is true, whatever promotes light, life and love that is righteous and it's flowing from your heart from a desire you're you're in alignment with his will like look at the universe it is good it is beautiful and it is true it speaks to the truth continually yeah. i will i will say like i will say i i'm in alignment with what you're saying and yet i want to throw a consideration in there which is that when i was involved in a certain camp that really leaned into that I took on a, a form of believing that where some of the things that weren't righteous, I made decisions around that because I believed that those things, even though they were coming from my heart, which if our heart really is about an awareness or our consciousness, then it's the container for which life flows through essentially that I believed that everything that flowed from there was the will of God. But this is where a lot of the work that we do is so important because really transformation's goal is unto knowing the will of God. That when our mind becomes renewed, that we know the the good, pleasing, and perfect will, what he desires. And so I, I see the will of God as being a container that if we don't know that, which essentially both camps, the, 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 the camp in our faith that holds the sovereignty being like God just chooses everything. And my choice really doesn't matter. Uh, and then the camp that says like relies so much on our choice for life in the sense of even our own salvation, which, you know, is a whole nother conversation. I didn't choose my salvation. Jesus chose us. The Lord chose us. Right. But that if we don't see what the will of God is through a transformed mind, then making decisions and that I decide we can fall into a ditch with it. Like it's what I've noticed for myself is I have a harder time making those decisions when I don't understand what the will of God is in the, in the times of my life when I didn't know. And so, yes, union is this place of, of what's coming from my new nature is absolutely 
from the heart of God. And yet Paul does write, hey, throw off the deeds of the flesh, which, which means people can be deceived. We can be deceived in thinking that there's a desire from our heart that's not from our heart or that's not from the new nature. So there's a, there's a consideration there that I think when we're mature, which is what Romans talks about, we want to be mature sons. Mature sons, absolutely. I decide, I decide. I know the will of my father. I'm about his business. And those decisions that I make, I have the full backing of the kingdom behind me so that I can rest in that. And that's the goal. And I think we learn that even through practice. We learn the will of God through practice. Like for me, okay, I chose, I made decisions from union and I learned that certain things weren't the will of God. And he backed me up and he's corrected me. And that's the great thing about our stream of faith is that we we can rest in that union knowing like god's with me he's even if i make a decision that's out of alignment with his his kingdom he will bring correction and bring alignment into that so there's there's rest a rest and digest in my decision making that i have because i i have a, a good father who's got my back so I can trust in him and know that he's going to bring the alignment. Like it's not my job to always make sure that I'm there, but there's, there are certain things even in scripture where like the will of God and the sovereignty of God, I think become guidelines for our decision-making. Like I can trust that if I'm, if my mind is here and the, here's the will of God, like my mind is renewed. So I know the will of God. And then I trust in his fatherhood. Then anything inside of those limits, like what you're talking about, I can decide. Does that make does that make sense? It does. Um, yeah. I did on my end make room for the necessity of adjustment, right? Yeah. Um, there's always room for adjustment and realignment if we're not in 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 alignment, but we don't we we can embody the fullness of um, choices that we make from a place of I decide because I trust that my desires are informed and empowered by God's will. If we don't, like you say, practice those things, like I have to practice what I'm stepping into now as if I am being it, as if I'm it already, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can't, like if I practice, I'm not there yet and I'm in process, then the potential for staying in that stage of I'm not there yet, I'm in process is there, right? And so you and I have like a different framework and we have more embodiment and training and language for this, but I speak more into this for people who don't have a pattern of I decide I'm clear. I'm going for it, whatever it is, right? Because again, when we when we have a conversation around our commitments, which are essentially what we're deciding to create in our life and go after whatever that is, the survival strategies are the things that get in the way. Those are yeah. the, those are the rackets, right? And so those are the things that will stop you from living in a space of I decide because then there'll always be an excuse as to why you didn't decide, right? 
Um, and it doesn't mean that there's shame around the excuse. It only means that it is a feedback mirror for awareness to go, why didn't I decide? All right, I was living from survival, right? So it, living from survival, you know, looking good, being right, being in control, being comfortable, that's obviously being like, those are nervous system states. Um, and if I have a chronic pattern of when it comes to pushing myself past the comfort zone and going for it, whatever it is, these nervous system straight states triggering or, you know, having a pattern of collapsing into a survival mode, that's where the the overriding narrative of I decide can be helpful in shifting the nervous states into the nervous system state into like, all right, I can decide and get things done and move forward. And right. So like, this is still something to like deepen even further, but embodiment is not doing anything. It's you do and do and do and do and do until it's so second nature that there's no more of a doing and it's truly a flourishing of being. And to your point about the community that you were in is there was a delusion of embodiment, but there was never any action. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the beginning of the journey of embodying embodying any way of being, at first, there is a great deal of doing but the narrative has to be, I am this yeah. as I'm doing, because what ends up happening is as I'm doing and then um, imposing upon myself the narrative of I am this way of being as I'm doing the things that pertain to the way of being, eventually they align and they merge together synergistically. And then my way of being is that doing. And the things that I'm doing are flowing from a way of being to where it doesn't feel like I'm doing anymore, that I'm literally just, oh, that's just who I am. It's much, it's <laughs> much absolutely, bro. It's much like learning an instrument or learning some other skill set. At first, it can be, uh, it's a, it's really a discipline. Like for me, for drumming, I mean, I, I don't know how many hours I spent hashing out new things, right? Mm-hmm. Hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands. And you being a musician as well, it's, but now it's second nature. I haven't played, you know, the last year I've been playing drums at church. I didn't really play the last 10 years. And now I sat down and it's like, it just came, it all came right back. And now that I'm playing again, there's, there's more of a flow. Like I've sunk into it again. So even though maybe I forgot some things or, or wasn't embodying certain ways of, of playing drums, my muscle memory is still there. And it's very similar to the work that we're talking about. It really is a skill set of doing these certain things, but it's so important to have the mindset of this is who I am. One example is just my, probably my favorite mantra mantra that I use um, in, in any kind of meditation and prayer is I'm a beloved son whom he is well pleased. And I, I started that 15 years ago when I encountered the Lord, when I encountered Jesus and started really learning about I'm his son. Like, what does that mean? And I love what referencing Chris Black again. I, I think it's Chris who says this, but um, you know, what's the fastest way to mature into a 
a son of God is to go around acting like our dad, like, and, and we'll eventually embody that because we're his, we're his kids. So what is being a beloved son in whom he's well pleased? What does that look like? Okay. If I do that though, and don't reference mentally and emotionally the framework that I am this beloved son of God, I'm not doing this to become a beloved son and gain his pleasure. I'm coming from a place of I already am. This is who I am. So what is a son who the father is pleased in? What does that look like even in the realm of choice? Even in the realm of I decide, okay, if the father's already pleased with me because I'm baptized into him and I come up and the Holy Spirit's on me, I'm a beloved son. That's the that's what we get to inherit with the gospel. So then what is a, a son in whom the father's will please choose? And if I make a decision, I think a lot of what I've noticed with, with our faith across the board is without this core framework of I'm a beloved son in whom the father's will please. Decisions can be scary because people want to please the father but don't come from it from already being a pleasing offering that my being who I am, whether I do anything or don't do anything is a pleasing fragrance to the Lord. And can, if I make a decision and it's not in alignment with his kingdom, that doesn't throw me out of pleasure. But if I believe it does, that's going to affect whether or not I choose something. So there's almost like fear around people's decision-making and I've been there. So this is, I'm speaking from experience too, is that there can be a fear of decision-making because I don't want to displease my father, especially if we're coming from an evangelical framework where displeasure equals punishment or displeasure equals um, some sort of harsh discipline or wrath or anything like that. It sets up a framework where decision-making is a scary thing to make and can trigger those nervous system states of survival and uh it's sad in my my experience i feel i feel sad over that for my brothers and sisters that that's a lot of their experience and um and really really if you're if people are listening to this right now whoever's listening if you're experiencing that man like i i have the invitation for all of us including us to lean more into that that i'm a beloved son in whom the lord is well pleased and i can make decisions from that space mm. and i will make decisions from that space we also get to make room for the space of stages right so like like what we were talking about before we started like jumping on here is like i'm a human i'm fully human right but then there's a baby stage a toddler stage a kid stage a pre-adolescent stage an adolescent stage um young adult stage an adult stage and a mature adult stage right and an elderly adult stage right and all of these stages come with their own specific unique markers of what they are but it doesn't change that i'm a human it doesn't change that we're children of the most high it doesn't change right but there's some people at the baby stage and it's okay 
and you get to um you get to be the beloved son whom in whom the father is well pleased at the baby stage and the toddler stage and however whatever stage you're in and there's room for that um psalm 139 17 how precious also are your thoughts to me oh god how great is the sum of them if i should count them they would be more in number than the sand when i awake i am still with you like like that is the framework that we need right like and in pop like to bring this back into like the somatics like the idea of co-regulating a child like when or like i have a toddler now and he 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 wigs out the smallest thing will send him into dysregulation if for example he has this one thing if i offer him a food and he says no and i offer him to him a second time he screams like no i don't want that right mm. he doesn't have to react that way but again like and then sometimes if i if i do ask him the second time he'll go into this like no so what does he need in that moment do i need to react to his reaction now and then i respond from or rather react from dysregulation or does he need for me to be solid so that I can regulate him? And then, you know, yeah, sometimes it triggers me when he's triggered. And you know what we need? We need like a conscious um, effort to co-regulate with one another. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that God needs to co-regulate with us because he's solid. But like we need that part of our relationship with him where like we we can regulate from dysregulation with him in that union. And that's where this framework of like what I just read in Psalm 139, the identity of I'm the beloved son in whom the father's well pleased, like that really brings us into regulation because we're not coming from fear or any of that stuff anymore. We're coming from like I feel safe, seen, heard, loved, supported, all that. Yeah, that's a good word, man. I, you know, my wife and I, we went on this journey to travel and I, I'm, I'm going to reference what you were talking about, what we were talking about before with doing how in the beginning of this decision-making, like we make a decision and we might do some things. And then those doing things until it becomes natural for us. So I'm going to reference some experience with my wife and I, where we traveled and, and trusting the Lord felt like doing, but we, we made this decision. We're going to lean into what does it mean to live like a beloved son on the earth? And that leaning into that decision making, what felt a lot like doing. And I think the community that I was a part of before really anything that feels like doing feels like religion, which is not true. Just because I do something doesn't mean it's religious. There's a, there's an aspect of renewing our mind that is doing like taking the action step, like what we're talking about with a come from of I'm already this reinforces that way of being as being an identity and actually helps to make new pathways in the brain and helps to actually reinforce that mind renewal thing so there's an aspect of i i won't actually know the will of god 
until I take a step and do something and see not just the faithfulness of God, but align my entire body with that truth. And and we've seen that now. Now it's so much easier to trust God with finances because the last two years has been cr- a crazy journey in that. We've just seen God provide, 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 and it's been it's been nuts. Uh, I could go into hours of stories about it, but I wanted to bring that to the table because yeah, it's been it's been a God even co-regulating with me in that process coming in. Oh, beloved son. Okay, I may not see I may not see it right now, but this is the reality. I'm going to step into it and trust and breathe and <laughs> do all the things. And now it's a lot more second nature to trust the Lord with finances. It's not as it's not as difficult. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Somatic Gospel podcast. We hope that you found the conversation valuable and that you feel inspired to continue your own journey towards greater awareness, healing, and transformation. Remember, you don't have to navigate this path alone. We are here to support you every step of the way. So be sure to tune into our next episode where we will be exploring this continuing topic, part two of this episode, on the sovereignty of God and the power of our own choices. Until then, may you be blessed in your unique journey towards wholeness, and may you continue to be a blessing to those around you. Peace.